We are relationship specialists, Dan and Carol Oler. Since our podcast series is about relationships by design, we think it's important for us to chat about an occurrence that comes up regularly in our life and with couples we coach. Triggers. Even though our intention is to build and improve our relationship, we may unconsciously slip and say or do things that cause a negative reaction and conflict. It doesn't have to be this way. However, it takes awareness and a willingness to develop new habits. We invite you to join our conversation. So I've been noticing lately, I've been really a lot more aware of my language and how I'm processing and my experience of the world. And I've noticed that I have a lot of incongruencies in my communication. Tell me a little more what you're meaning about that. So what I've noticed is I will say something and the message isn't clear to you, perhaps. And so it can cause anger or confusion or something between us. Or sometimes I'll say something and then when I stop to really hear myself, it's not really congruent with who I am. It's a weird thing how that works. And uh, especially in a relationship where when those incongruencies will trigger a negative reaction. Uh Uh-huh. And one that I noticed just recently was I've used the word I don't know a certain amount. So when you and I are having a conversation, I noticed this when we were driving, you said, um, I said, well, when we get to such and such a town and you said, well, I'm not sure that this highway gets to such and such a town. Well, I just finished looking at the map and I didn't want to argue and say, well, yes, it does because, you know, I just let them blah, blah, blah kind of thing. And so instead I said, oh, well, I don't know. And Really, I did know. I used the I don't know as a way to avoid confrontation, a way for, you know, rather than sounding righteous or something like that. It was just a way for me to drop the subject. And yet, when I recognized, you know, what I was doing, it's not, that's not how I want to live my life. And it's funny, in a situation like that, where you had been looking at the map, but I wasn't, And so you knew that you had it figured out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so then I I got led me to thinking, well, where else do I do that? And, and when I did that and I thought thinking about it, I do use, I don't know as a way to be more conciliatory or less uh, confrontational because I, I really don't like having conflict and I will, I have a tendency to avoid it. And so rather than coming up with a calm, kind, assertive way, you know, as I reflect on that particular example, for me to have said something like, well, you know, it's interesting because I just looked at the map and I was looking at highway such and such and I noticed that that town is on there. So it's about having the courage to actually stand up for what you believe or what you know. Yeah. Rather than, I don't know, instead to stand up for what you do know. Yeah. And so, again, I looked at that and I said, well, where else in my life am I saying things that aren't congruent for who I am? Because I believe myself to be a somewhat confident person. And so if I'm doing that with you, where else does that happen? Well, and that when you use that, and I notice it as well, it triggers a, a 
maybe not angry, but a frustrated response from me mm-hmm. because I'm quite con- I'm quite confident that you're you know, yeah. And so when I question, it's not meant to cause a fight or a conflict, but just to get some confirmation and to have a have a conversation. Yeah, and we've been together for almost thirty nine years. It's kind of like. I want to be open and honest and, and the part of me kind of judged myself for that and said, Oh, what's that about? Like if I can't be really honest and open with you and speak in a very forthright manner, where else is that happening in my world? Mm-hmm. And it triggers a response, the response for you to avoid the conflict. And, and then it triggers a response in me that could lead to more conflict. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I thought about it, I thought, well, where else does that happen? And I, I'm reminded of something you and I continue to notice and kind of tease each other about. And that's when we'll say, um, would you mind, no, how do we word it? Would you mind if I changed chairs? And really, am I wanting to know if you mind? Like, what are you, how are you supposed to answer yeah, that? How do I answer that? Yes, so that's right. no, yes. <laughs> So rather than, I'm going to, or could you please, yeah. instead is, would you Would mind? it be okay if uh, I yeah. change chairs? <laughs> <laughs> and I do it regularly, and so do you. Mm. And so I just was noticing how I can't, that is, not that it's incongruent, however, it's not clear. Yes, it's not clear, and, and really, and, and you think about the conversation, it, it's fluff words that really don't ask a question they don't state anything it's just filling the air and leads to confusion and Mm -hmm. possibly even reduction of trust Mm -hmm. and yet the intention with those words for me and i'm thinking for you as well is to be somewhat conciliatory you know would you mind if i blah 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 as opposed to coming out directly and yet if i say would you mind if i had a cup of tea and you said, yes, is that yes, I can have a cup of tea, or is that yes, you mind? Yeah, so I, <laughs> it's crazy. And how often does that, do those phrases get used in our society? Mm-hmm. We hear them everywhere in our conversations with others, couples yeah. we coach, um, others in our community, friends. Yeah, and they can do a couple of things. They can lead to a lack of clarity in the communication or as you've talked about with me when I say I don't know, it can actually trigger other emotions or frustration or anger or a variety of things as well. Mm-hmm. And a response sometimes is when it's do you mind, what response are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Which can then trigger conflict as well. Yeah, exactly. And then I thought about other things. As you and I were driving when we'd gone across Canada, so we had lots of time to chat. One of the things you had mentioned was that about learning. Oh, well, there's an opportunity for learning there, which is something you often say. And in my reflection, I looked at it and I went, well, if there isn't an opportunity for learning, does that mean something is a poor experience or we're not getting what we want out of it? And what I realized is for me, there are learning opportunities all the time and there are times that I'm enjoying life because I'm just enjoying life. It's, it's, I'm there for the experience. No need to learn anything. Yeah. And sometimes I'm reminded of things. However, for instance, the beauty as we were traveling across the country, I wasn't learning about it. 
However, I was still in awe of how gorgeous this country is. So really then the word, it's not a, a difference in definitions. It's not, not necessarily learning. It's about experiencing. It could be you know, a reminder. It could be whatever word you want to use, but mm -hmm. it's just a, a difference in the words. Yeah. So when I say, you know, it's an opportunity to learn something, it for me, that might mean just for us to, for me to experience it yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And yet the, the day that I noticed that, it took me at that silent moment, I went, learning. What did I learn? What did I learn? I was really searching for what it was that I felt that I had learned. And it felt like kind of a barrier for my conversation with you because I didn't feel like I necessarily had learned something. So it kind of halted the conversation, stopped the conversation. Rather than encouraging more conversation, mm -hmm. it halts it. Mm -hmm. And then as I think of other things, you know, I think about incongruence of when I hear this regularly, well, trust me, blah, 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 blah. Or believe me when I say this, 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 and this. <laughs> so, well, if I, this time you want me to trust you, or this time you want me to believe you, does that mean it, if you don't say that, that I shouldn't yeah. trust or believe? Yeah. And that's, again, it's not what the person means. They're, they're trying to add emphasis. And yet it doesn't always lead to strengthening my relationship with them. And on a conscious level, we may not catch those things. Mm. But I think at an unconscious level, we do. And it may lead us to question the relationship or question the, the mm -hmm. trust, the honesty that's there. Yeah. And so with you, I want a relationship where we're open, we're honest, we're always in a trusting situation. And I don't hear you say, trust me or believe me. And I'm not sure that I say it. However, I, I do hear it in other places or I, I read about it. And... So I recognize that's a phrase that I'm not intending to use, that um, I'm intending to find other things to say in its place. This conversation about these words and the incongruence, it also relates very much to trigger words or phrases that we have in our relationship, things that, you know, we've been together long enough. I know what buttons I can push mm. to get a reaction from you. And, and yet I'll still every now and then push them. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just a weird thing, you know. We know each other. We have we know each other well enough to know what those are, and yet for some reason ego still grabs me, and every now and then and I'll push them. Yeah, absolutely. And so an example of that. You know, what things do I say? I think about finances. Something I used to say. You used to be very concerned about finances. And if we lost money on something or made a bad decision, I would say something to the effect of, oh, it's only money. And yet, how did you perceive that? Well, in my mind, it was a discounting the value and worked hard to create that. And then if it's just sort of flushed away, it's, it, was, it hurt. Yeah. So in my choosing those words... The intent was to just go, oh, well, you know, we'll be fine. And yet in, when I didn't recognize that that was a button for you or something that was really triggering that discomfort in you, I would say it and it, it put a wedge between us. It Absolutely. caused a challenge in the relationship. Absolutely. And typically what I would do is shut down and just mm -hmm. go into silence mode, which is an awful thing to do rather than having the conversation about it. Mm -hmm. and, and yet it's weird because I remember our kids, you know, they'd 
or even one of us would drop something in a, a dish, a bowl, and it breaks on the floor. Oh, well, it's, it's just a dish. You know, we, we can replace it if it's important. And yet when it was actually money, and well, it's only money, all of a sudden it had a different twang for me. And that's interesting. So was it a difference in the value, do you think, or a difference in how easily replaced it was? What, what do you think was that? I don't know exactly okay. what that was, but it, it definitely is something that triggered. Yeah, well, maybe an opportunity for us to talk about it more. I look at it and I, I wonder if it's, you know, a plate or a dish is, is relatively easily replaced, you know, and for a small lump of money, sum of money. And yet, perhaps if it's, you know, we lose hundreds of thousands of dollars on a poor business deal or something, that feels heavier. It feels heavier, absolutely. And, and some of it too is in how the words are said, you know, the tone of voice, the body language that goes on as well. Mm. And uh, that with that phrase, absolutely, and, and with others too. You know, they can be a pretty benign statement, and yet depending on the tone of voice and the body language, it can give it an underlying message, an unspoken message, that it could be a, a dig or a push or a, mm. you know, some kind of a, an angry, even, hope. And oftentimes it's not intended as that, and yet depending on where the other person is, it can be taken as that. Yeah. And, you know, the whole word thing, the more I look at things, there are so many places where something is said habitually and it's the person doesn't mean anything by it and the body language that you're talking about or the the tone of voice is something that's been learned in the past and yet yeah it doesn't necessarily work mm. i was thinking about one of the things that you know i often hear in, in my mother's home and that is oh well we can worry about that later which again the intention behind it is is let's just enjoy the moment and we'll deal with other things later and yet the word worry and the way it's sad triggers stuff for me because it's like well i don't ever want to worry so later yeah i'm not putting that off because <laughs> it plant the seed that holy smoke sooner or later we gotta worry about something <laughs> yeah let's have our watch <laughs> yeah so again just an awareness it's a, a language is a an amazing tool that we use to communicate and yet it seems that we use it very poorly a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wouldn't have all the coaching clients that we do if communication wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a huge, big piece. And, and the more that we can have these conversations and be aware of the words that we use and the responses that happen as a result. So if I, because I know some of your triggers and if I push one, rather than just let it create the reaction mm -hmm. instead to be able to say gosh that's not what i meant to say um can i try again mm -hmm. yeah and that shows up in in just being able to read or first of all us having the conversations and when it comes out of your mouth to be able to notice that and say whoops <laughs> there it is okay we'll try again mm. and I don't ever want to have you feel, and I don't want to feel it either, that we have to walk on eggshells, you know, being the the police, you know, 
by the, the word police. I, I don't want to, you know, be skulking around, <laughs> being really concerned about, should I say this? Should I say that? And yet the more that I become intentional and clear about what I want going forward, I am more aware of what words come out. Well, in the, the, the base of it, we know that we want to have a happy, healthy, joyous, wonderful, amazing mm-hmm. relationship. So, you know, anytime we see something in the feedback and the response or the reaction that is less than that, it should give us an opportunity to redefine, to start again, to have the conversation about it rather than just set it aside and leave yeah. it. Yeah. And I, when I know that what I'm choosing to say, the money thing, you know, I don't need to say that statement anymore. You know, I can find another way of saying things. When I recognize that what I'm saying is something that pushes a button, I can choose not to say it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, you know, sometimes I will say something with someone that I don't know as well as you. And it will push one of their buttons. For example, there's um, a lady in our community. And I, I said to her, I oftentimes will say, take care. And my intention behind it is, you know, be safe, be well, look after yourself. I hope life is good. You know, that's kind of the, the statement. And yet I said that to her one day. I said, well, take care. And as we were leaving, and she said, well, no, I don't want to take my cares. And so... I went, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that point. So now I didn't mean to step on her toes. And she was, you know, quite okay with with letting me know that it it didn't sever our, and we're not friends, but sort of acquaintances. It didn't sever that relationship. And yet now when I see her, I do, when we're signing off, I am very conscious about how I say, oh, well, have a wonderful day or look forward to the next time we chat or something rather than saying take care. Mm. And your comment earlier about the habitual stuff, it's so easy to get into those habitual ways of relating to others and and yet to know that they may not always be a healthy way to go. Mm-hmm. I recall a number of couples that we've coached with where they'll, they'll talk about something that they always do and it creates a major conflict. Mm-hmm. And yet for them to come up with a strategy or a plan to say something different, to do it a different way, can be a challenge too. Mm-hmm. And there are two parts to that. There's one, that awareness piece, being being aware that what I'm saying has an impact on other people. And I think the other part of that is the intention. And so if I'm not ready and willing to try something different if i'm really invested in keeping things the same or you know what defending why not up to me to change or something like that which unfortunately we hear sometimes Mm -hmm. then it makes it hard to have that moving forward in the relationship to something new which is why the the power of the the communication you know to catch those things when the reaction happens and to be able to talk about them at that time mm-hmm. or in a time when the, the heat is not on. Yeah, and, and yeah, noticing it and saying, this is something that I'd really love for us to chat about later. Yeah. You know, after we get past this, because this probably isn't our best time to talk about it. Yeah, because I don't think people go out of their way to hurt others or to cause no. reactions. No. And then the strange part, and again, we hear this with couples and we've seen it in ourselves, 
is the idea that we can say things, do things to our partner in spite of knowing that they can be hurtful. And we would never do that to a stranger or to, you know, a friend or someone else that we didn't have that intimacy in the relationship. Isn't that weird where we wouldn't do it to someone else and yet we will to the people that we love the most? (laughs) Just sort of expecting that they will continue to love us and respect us. Yeah, it's rather ludicrous, isn't it? It is. And with that, you know, there's no surprise that we are in the state that we're in as far as relationship breakdown, too. Yes. Because if people are in that space, they're not willing to invest in their healthy relationship because it's more about themselves than about the us, Mm. the we. Absolutely. And sometimes those triggers aren't necessarily between, or, or they're not caused between the couple. For example, you can look at me in a way and I can I can feel something inside of me that, oh my goodness, what, what's going on here? And yet it's not necessarily you, but it might be something that I've seen in my mom or um, uh, my sister or somebody else that kind of rem- you remind me of yeah, them. Yeah, previous relationship traps. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and that can trigger that negative reaction, even though it's not you at all. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the awareness piece about that is, oh, what did I feel? And was that really about this situation or is that about something in the past? Yeah, I think and that's the real key is when those things happen to be, you know, totally aware of our feelings. We've talked about this in many of our podcasts is, you know, the dreaded drama triangle, the uh, empowerment dynamic, uh, our communications. And a lot of those things is that we need to be really consciously aware of the feelings and anytime there's something a little off to say for me to be honest and say I don't know what happened here just now but I'm feeling a little bit off can we talk about this so that mm-hmm. this doesn't happen again yeah and that pr- it provides a big opportunity for that learning that you again that you like to talk about that that there really is a growth opportunity as as a human being to be able to say that to notice that in the moment and then to say wow I'd like to learn from this. And the other part is that it's not a blame. It's not saying, Mm -hmm. you just did this, and that ticks me off. Yeah, quit pushing my buttons, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the accountability piece. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I know that I'm feeling this way. I own it. And so something just happened here that encouraged that or inspired that or whatever it is. Triggered it or whatever. Triggered it. And so I want to figure out what that is Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't happen for me again. Yes, because I'm the only one that can notice what's going on with me, within me, my emotions. You're the only one that can notice that. And so to be such a big person is to notice that and to communicate in that way. And that's something that I really admire you for is you do that very well. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. I recall a recording a podcast, I don't remember what it was, that I received from somebody years ago. And she, it was the partners that were talking about their relationship. And they said their belief was that we're brought together with our partner because that other person is the perfect person to push my buttons, <laughs> to help me learn about myself and to grow and to improve. So rather than me getting ticked off with you when you push my buttons, I should be big enough to say, thank you for pushing my buttons because this is a <laughs> chance for me to get to know myself a little bit better. Uh, well... That's an interesting way of putting it, and and I hope that 
after 30, almost 39 years of marriage that maybe I can learn to push a little bit less. <laughs> and yet I do recognize that the greatest growth that I have had, and I believe that we as humans have is when we're in relationship. And it may not be our primary relationship. However, I learn the most about myself when I interact with others. And I think that in our primary relationship where there is that deep sense of intimacy, where we know we have history, we know each other very well, it's a perfect spot for that that awareness to grow and to have the communication about it. Much harder to do with somebody else. Yeah. And I think that just like, you know, with uh, when you were talking about the empowerment dynamic and the dreaded drama triangle, the empowerment dynamics challenger position, knowing when to use that, I think this is kind of the same that, you know, with, with us, I know you very well now and we've invested in that trust so the pushing of buttons and things, uh, the learning becomes easier, I guess, is yes. what, I, what I'm thinking about that is that knowing when these things are appropriate and, and having a higher level of trust or allows some of these things to be more inspirational, more educational for me, for us, than if yeah, you were just an acquaintance. One of the things I love so much about coaching is that um, both being the recipient of coach, coaching and also in being a coach is the best coach is the one who can make me feel the most uncomfortable so that I can <laughs> you know, learn more about me. And so although it sounds sadistic and yet it, it really is one of the things I truly love about working with couples where we can ask those those curious open ended questions that really help them to feel uncomfortable so they kind of have to go inside and reflect and come up with a, a new strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me too, the times that my coach has asked me those questions and I've gone, Ooh, that really is a good question. Hmm. And I believe the response for me is this, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Yeah. And again, with all of this, you know, the reason I started this is, one, I'm becoming much more aware of my conversations. I'm becoming much more aware of how I interact with others. Do I still blunder? Yes. And do I want to do fewer blunders? Yes. And so because of that, I'm very interested in noticing what I do and tweaking the places that I'm less effective. And I've noticed many times, because you and I have, had so much time together in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed many places where my communication was really lacking. And so with that knowledge, then there's an opportunity for me to learn, to that, grow, <laughs> to step into what you talked about. Yeah. There's continual feed lap, feed loop, feedback, feedback. <laughs> loops going on. Yeah. And the key for me is to be aware of the reactions in myself, mm -hmm. reactions from others, and then find ways to ensure that the relationships build and grow and become stronger and more clear. And if it's about triggers, it's to quit pulling the dang trigger. Exactly. And to really know what it is I'm moving towards. So I know that I want a relationship that's built on love and kindness, respect, honesty, trust, and a variety of other things. And so therefore, I get to look at myself and say, is what I'm saying, is what I'm doing, 
is who I'm being, is that contributing to that type of relationship or is it moving me farther away from it? Yeah, yeah. Is our communication constructive or destructive? Mm-hmm. And that can change. And yet by having a, being aware of it and by being willing to have the courage to talk about it, it can help us to grow and move forward. Mm-hmm. This is a really great conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. And I just um, imagine what our relationship will continue to grow into and what our world can be when people quit pulling the trigger, when they mm-hmm. are aware and conscious and intentional and filled with love. Yeah. And quit pulling the trigger both metaphorically and literally. Mm. Yes. Mm, Thank you.